it feels so good to be back. <laughs> it feels like a new beginning, John. Are we uh, are we recording? We are recording. Oh baby, I have, re- I have started recording. Oh baby, everything you say will be re- for quality assurance. Everything you say will be recorded and may be used against you in a court of law when we decide to sue you because you accidentally signed away that right when you signed up for this product. <laughs> is that is that true? No, I don't know. Oh, good. Probably the NSA made it true that they added it to the Constitution. Yeah, Julian Assange, she bit the dust, huh? Not literally, but or not figuratively. No, either. they they wait. got him though. Yeah. And what, <laughs> so in no way did he bite anything. <laughs> no way that I'm familiar with, at least. Wait, wait, they got him, dude. I live in the most absurdly well insulated bubble. Right. I know nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, they kicked him out of the embassy. I'm and, in fact. Who and kicked him out? I guess the Ecuadorians and then the UK His farts. got him. Yeah. His farts got him? <laughs> That's if my son were held in <laughs> captivity. <laughs> they were like, dude, two years ago, you promised you would stop farting and you keep doing it. We don't want you to go to prison for the rest of your life, but this is untenable. Uh, Julian, we really appreciate you... Um... All the work you've done, whistleblowing, gathering documents, but the, the the farts, man, the farts. It would be funny if that's what did him in. They just couldn't handle his stinky ass anymore. Or he, uh, <laughs> or he like got caught masturbating in the boardroom. <laughs> well, that's I They're think like, dude, that is not cool. That is a place of business, yeah, it not kinda, your home. It gives new meaning to the name WikiLeaks. have you seen clips i saw on some news thing uh right after that was right after assange got uh kicked out of the embassy or whatever people appealed to president trump and they said you know help him out or whatever and apparently his response was i don't know anything about wikileaks and four minutes later, somebody posted a video of him saying WikiLeaks 140 something times in the last like two weeks. <laughs> Not even like once on the campaign no. trail. <laughs> and it's so funny because he has this very particular uh, oration style. It's very goofy and it's kind of unusual, but he's like, WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks. So oh, y'all know the WikiLeaks. Well, I love reading those WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks, right? It's WikiLeaks. 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 That's WikiLeaks. Did you see on WikiLeaks? On WikiLeaks. 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 So it came out through WikiLeaks. I guess we'll do it that way. That's a good laugh. John, Link, I haven't laughed in days. Link in our non-existent show notes. Have we given up on we that? Do. As soon as John started producing the show, the show notes just <laughs> disappeared. The intros went to 12 minutes and everything else stopped. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. I'm. Uh, hold on. Let me just jot down a couple notes real quick. Orange juice at the grocery store. Buy TP. Renew Costco membership. Don't 
masturbate in Ecuadorian embassy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the gas. That was, I was writing to myself. I was like, ooh. I was like, ooh, that's a that the gas part. That that is certainly a projection. Meaning, mm. I am worried that if I was ever trapped, yeah. that eventually it would be kind of like a smoker's house. You know, mm, you ever been in right. like a long term smoker's house? Yeah, the walls yeah. are kind of brown. And you basically just have to re-drywall the place, mm, you know? Yeah. yeah um, My farts would do that to a house given enough time. Yeah, hats, a house with cats. I knew a guy growing up who was a dog breeder. He bred Pomeranians. He had like 4,000 Pomeranians in his house in New Jersey. And the place, I mean, you could smell it a block away. It was just smelled like dog piss and wet dog constantly. Yeah. That was, uh, Yeah. That was kind of like what our house was like until this morning. I decided to clean up. Ooh, yeah, you got a couple. I've been in a real dogs in there. We do have a couple doggos. You've got a doggo now. Yeah, Avi. Avi, did that name stick? Yeah, yeah. I've gotten great feedback. You know what's funny? Tell tell me if this is uh, tell me if this is accurate. Well, uh, Kelly heard my wife heard that that your wife didn't love the name or that the rest of the family maybe didn't love the name so she is german after all you know yeah ever oh, ever since so, i named him avi she's been looking for a train car to stuff him into <laughs> oh my gosh uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we recorded huh? i got some jokes stored up oh wow holy smokes and a half uh, um okay so what was i gonna say well so kelly said well, I didn't think the re- you know apparently the rest of the family doesn't love the name, mm. and I said, but and then and then she said, but I guess John's just calling him Avi. I said that's a strategy. I said John knows what he's doing. He waits for everyone else to come up for an, with a name, but they'll never do it. No. And then eventually, everyone's been calling him Avi for three weeks or a month or two months. It's it's a very good strategy. I kind of do the same thing sometimes. I'll just like throw the idea out there enough times right until just until eventually people just yeah it sticks dude actually all right that's a great intro john i didn't even think of it that way but that's a great intro to where we are to where this project is to where rollers is to the things that are going on because john yeah this is um this is a big deal okay john this is episode 40 effing three yeah but after a hiatus yeah, exactly. After a real hiatus. And John, we are back, and this is season two, baby. I wish I had an audio clip. I'll edit one Oh, in. wait, I do. Uh-oh. Of you saying we would only go for seven episodes. <laughs> oh, no. I don't have it here, but I will pull it, it up. Does and maybe can put it does exist. It does exist. It actually, anyone can go back and listen to it. It's on the show. Mm. Um, anyway, John, no, this is a this is an important, important milestone for us, I think, because not just because it's like, oh, great, we've done 43 episodes. Oh, great, we made it to quote-unquote season two, a break point that was arbitrarily decided upon five minutes before we announced it on the show. Mm-hmm. The point is, I think, John, that we have reached a major philosophical Uh turning point um we have been living i especially i guess have been living in a theoretical uh 
I don't want to call it a black hole or a vortex because there's too much negative connotation to that. But I've been in a mm. major funk, dude. Really? For like a while. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, in a way, I've been in a major funk since I started this movie. You know, hmm. like I think there's been a lot of good times. But I think if we were to go back and listen to. Uh, 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 and one day I want to produce this, you know, a real Roller's Diaries that 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 includes a lot less of our yakking, you know what I mean? And do it as like a separate thing because Good some luck. people like us. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I just think it would be interesting. And I think if you were to listen to it in a really condensed way. Yeah. Without all of our joking, mm-hmm. I think you would probably hear. Four and a half minutes of audio. <laughs> no, I think you would hear a very troubled very um nervous zay mm. you know and i i mean i almost killed the movie there's a whole four episode arc yeah. about that basically there's like i mean I, I i constantly have been i i can't i can't talk about myself i can't get excited about myself because i have this like you know i've talked endlessly about all of these things we've mm. had more existential crisis episodes than we've had normal episodes let alone episodes where we're like maybe we're not in the middle of an existential crisis maybe we actually have a sense of things and i think Mm. that that's partly because of the world we live in just to be totally honest i think it's also because we've been making a show about a thing that did not exist yeah and now it does and now it fucking exists dude yeah well how tell everybody who doesn't talk to you on a daily basis how far along are you I yesterday watched the entire movie and I watched it not as like a dumpy. Thank you. I know I, I, it was not a dumpy assembly where there's 37,000 little things that pop up and make you forget that you're watching, you know, it makes yeah, you it remember that you're cut. watching a movie and it's a real cut. It's still a mess, but it's a real cut. It flows and it's two hours long. Dang. On the dot. And, you know what, John? Tell us. I ha- and by the way, I haven't seen this people out there. I mean, I saw some yeah, of it being filmed the- in person, but yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Did you? That's- I mean, it was a f- dude. It was weird. I was probably seventy minutes into the movie, and it hit me. I need to go to the bathroom right now, but I kind of don't because I love this. Like, I w- I don't want to interrupt this moment. Like, I was enjoying the movie as a movie oh that's why you got that new couch huh <laughs> uh, you know what i'm saying yeah dude i mean that's a good sign that was you the... did make it but that's still a great sign no i mean if anything though i'm used to hating things because right. of, you know what i mean like I, yeah. I i told mari i can't remember if we talked about this but i told mari my editor <clears throat> my co-editor um I, you know we were we were diving into things kind of um th- you know we were really starting to get into it yeah and and i said look mari you know we're gonna be looking at all this stuff we're gonna be living with this for a while we're gonna see this movie a thousand times but i said <clears throat> and i and i stand by this and i think part of the reason i'm so encouraged is because i i think i said this back to the point about calling your dog avi before everyone else starts calling him avi and yeah. then eventually his name is avi mm-hmm I said this thinking there's no way this could possibly be true. But I said it hoping it was true. I said it in hope. And and I said it to Mari. I said, Mari, 
let's never give ourselves the excuse while we're watching the movie in various forms. I never want to give ourselves the out or the excuse of I'm bored, but that's because I've seen it a thousand times. Right. I kind of want to get to the point where if we're bored, no matter how many times we've seen it, if we're bored, that is a potential problem to fix, not something to be overlooked. Because even yesterday, there were a couple moments where I was like, you know, I'm just not as interested as I was 10 minutes ago. And it's not because I've seen the movie because I was interested 10 minutes ago. I'm not as interested as I was 10 minutes ago because this is not as tight. It's not as good. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'm excited about holding ourselves to that because, <coughs> excuse me, back to the sort of like, we've talked about this a little bit, but kind of the chaos magic, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> like manifesting things. Um, This is my last kind of big update. And then, and then I'm sure you'll have lots of thoughts and we can talk and fu- have fun. But last thing, you know, I, 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 I have been in a major funk for kind of the last month. I mean, editing has been really hard and not just because it's difficult, which it is. I mean, for example, I made a technical error basically. And I, I had like an hour and a half long timeline. A timeline is sort of where you assemble all the various clips and then there's thousands of them, you know, mm. all these little cuts and musics and it all has to be perfectly lined up because the sound and the visuals and everything, none of it's in sync. It's kind of like a puzzle. It's just laying on the table. There's right. nothing keeping everything in place except for the gravity of the timeline or in the case of a puzzle, you know, uh, you guys, uh, the, the thing. You guys gravity. use uh, Final Cut? What software do you use? We're using Adobe Premiere, which is not my personal. I, I I have never edited more than a very minor short film on Adobe Premiere. I'm much yeah. more familiar with Final Cut products, so that's been a major learning curve for sure. Is it good? Um, it is a good program. It's. I still think I would prefer to be cutting in Final Cut, but the problem is that I'm working as part of a much larger team, and sure. you know our post house doesn't. I don't know that working in Final Cut X would work for them, but maybe it would. I mean, I want to do a whole editing episode, probably multiple episodes, because it's really a fascinating process. Yeah. Um, but but Sorry, what I'm anyway. trying to say is, no, 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 that's okay. What I'm trying to say is, I have had a little bit of a tough month, in part because editing is challenging. And for example, I made a technical error. I moved some things around in this big old timeline, and several scenes that I had spent days cutting, mm. you know, cumulatively several yeah. scenes got all jumbled up oh, no. because I picked up certain files and then dropped them right on top of other ones. And so audio is out of place and other uh, things are out of sync. The entire timeline's out of sync and I can't manually do it because it's not like seven frames across the board. It's like, it's all fucked up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I'm like, minimum you know this is probably five or six hours to fix this right max a day and a half and i was already at the end of my rope and i honestly probably made that mistake the reason i made the mistake is because i did it but the timeline was so long that it took hours to realize that and then by that point i can't just auto like go back and undo it all like i have no idea when the error occurred and anyway the point is it was brutal you know and it kind of it was kind of a major setback because i was already exhausted Um, and I decided at that moment that rather than power through, I was going to basically take four or five days 
not completely off, but I was going to take four or five days and effectively just only work on it when I felt like it. Yeah. Not out of obligation. Because I started just feeling this bad energy around the project, you know? And Uh. I just started thinking about a lot of that in general because I was just like, you know, I mean, you, 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 uh, and you, we've talked about this, like the come down after a production of any kind can be significant, you know, right. and a production of this magnitude for me personally, it's just hard to overstate like how, how hard it is. Cause I've been working alone. I'm really monologuing now, so I apologize, but it's no, been a while can. since we've caught up on the project. <clears throat> um, you know, I've been working alone in my home every single day. And I'm not complaining. I'm just, it's, this is a big deal for me for like pushing on three years. Yeah. I've been sitting, you know, two and a half years. I've been sitting in my house every day alone, like two mm. years and change. And that's in and of itself, a huge deal for me. I'm used to being surrounded by people constantly every hour of the day. And for the last couple of years, and especially a lot of the last year, because we've moved and I have less friends and less people around. I just spend a ginormous amount of time completely alone. And that is now, very out of your your wheelhouse. You're an ex- you're an extrovert, right? I mean, would you right. classify well, I yourself think so. that way? And I, yes, for sure. And I think I've learned to really appreciate my introverted side. I sure. really love a lot of my alone time now. I crave it in some cases when I'm around yeah. people too much. And, I've, and I'm really thankful for that. But it's also been really hard. And so I do this production. I'm constantly surrounded by people. I'm a control freak. So there's something even just incredibly intoxicating about being utterly in charge all right. the time. Like that's not in a bad tyranny way, but like you go from, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. Like everyone is here to serve a vision that I came up with. That's an incredible feeling. And then I come home and I'm looking at this mess that I've made because in a way like, movies are always a mess in the cut. Just nothing ever works out exactly the way you want. And I'm like constantly dealing with every fucking error I made on set because as an editor, I have to solve those problems. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I rushed that. I rushed that. And now I'm paying for it. Right. So I've been in this like dark headspace because of that. But then even existentially, like we've talked about, I just have spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time, trying to convince myself not to care i think about you know, what to preemptively what's that <clears throat> about what and and not care about what i think to not care about anything Uh-oh. because i was so scared i think i was basically trying to convince myself for a lot of the last ye- year and in some ways a lot of the last four years because four mm. years ago was kind of like almost five years ago now that was kind of like the first grown-up breakdown I had where all of a sudden I just started questioning Mm -hmm. everything, you know, Mm because I realized I had mental health issues. I realized I was like a workaholic. Like, you know, those you hit those freaking moments and if you dive into them and don't run from them, they're heavy. You know, you've had those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moments of clarity. That was Mm -hmm. my first moment of clarity, you know, and I've had a number of moments of clarity over the past couple months, especially because the movie comes down all of a sudden I realize that I've been spending a ton of my energy trying to convince myself that nothing matters 
because I was so afraid of getting my hopes up. Yeah. Whew. I've been there, my friend. And I, you know what I'm saying? But dude, what happens when you do that is you rob yourself of any enjoyment of anything. Yeah. And I think that attitude, people recognize that attitude. Uh, maybe even subconsciously. Like if you're mm. hedging your bets constantly, we have talked about this in various forms, but if you're constantly hedging your bets, nobody thinks this guy's serious. He's all in on this. We're all scared that we're going to get smacked down because it does feel like that happens a lot. You know, we do that. It, 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 that's a common story in relationships. Mm. Ugh. But we don't talk about it in terms of our relationship to reality very often. Yeah. And man, that's a big one. You know, like I just, is that an, I don't know, dude, does that make sense at all? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Is it an expectation? I'm always wondering, because uh, this happens to me all the time. I spend a ton of my inner lifetime imagining how an event will go down way before it's ever going to happen. You know, if right. I have to meet somebody, if I have to do something, I will stress and have all kinds of anxiety and spend all this mental energy thinking, well, they might do this, they might say this, this might happen, and working myself up into a lather. And usually what happens is when you face a difficult thing or something that you've been avoiding, it just, it's like everything else in life, it just goes, just, you just do it. But right. I spend so much mental energy worrying about stuff beforehand and fretting about stuff. It's unproductive. At best. Yeah. Are we, John, give me your honest thoughts. I, yeah. I think I get a lot of feedback from people where they're like, I love when you guys get deep. So I'm not too worried about this, but I'm about to take us potentially deeper. But do you think we need to get back on track, quote unquote? This, I don't really feel, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be season two. Like, I think, is we, this, we, wait a second. Is this, is this our third episode? You're asking if we should quote unquote, get back on track. Do you want to call uncle yeah. Nate and hang up on him real quick? This is our bread and butter right here, baby. I love our, I love our, I love our bits. We're going to bring the bits back eventually. <laughs> no, I don't think okay, we could well, possibly go too deep. I mean, you certainly won't bother me. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, so I actually have record, I, I bought myself a little voice recorder. Um, because I don't like using my phone constantly. And also these things are great because they, they are just better organized. They're just built for this. You know, how big is it? Describe it. Um, it's the size of a hand sanitizer bottle. Gotcha. I don't and know. It's got a little microphone it's the size on of it. A pocket knife, but a little bit bigger, a, a large pocket knife. Yeah. It's got a pretty decently, it's a Sony mm. model. The Sony. I really highly recommend these. You can plug an external mic or headphones into it, but it has a little mic and it has a little speaker. It has a stop button, a start. You can you can listen to things at increased speeds, which means it's really easy to search. It just it's designed for doing this kind of thing, which is like for instance, when I'm in the edit, when I'm watching a cut, I don't want to constantly look down at a notepad, so I've been using this to take notes. Does that make sense? Every t yeah, but every time, yeah, it's good because if you had a notepad, all you would be doodling is pictures of dudes with their erect penises on it. <laughs> Have you been listening to my therapy sessions, John? <laughs> no, but my the other John Schimpf came in town, my cousin who's the exact same age as me. Um, yeah. He came in town, and he's a huge Big Lebowski fan. And I just kept oh. thinking about you. Uh, you always bringing up that Jackie Treehorn uh, moment in the movie. <laughs> oh, it's just the best. <laughs> His little doodle of the doodle. Oh, it's amazing. 
So you got this voice recorder. Here, check this out. So here, I'm going to play you something from it. Oh, it's going to sound like garbage. Can you hear anything, though? Rollers yeah. The first time all the way through since making a These, Hold on. Let me, let me get my dogs in order. Yeah, I mean, that, that audio, the way it's, it's coming through, it sounds like um, like this, this episode is going to turn into a ghost story. Perfect. Check this out. Title sequence. Oh yeah, let's do an animated title sequence during Smoldering Fire, basically a music video that introduces everybody. Really interesting So I'm 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 yeah. making these notes and you get the idea. Um, yeah. But I've been doing this for a little while and I, I for instance I went on a little editing retreat a couple weeks ago. I went up into the mountains. Yeah. And I found this super cheap kind of frankly very shitty Airbnb, but it was just beautiful. It was up in the mountains and I just edited for a couple days. Like I took the voice recorder and I was just constantly recording and it's been really fun. So. I, I've been monologuing a lot, but I think I want to edit a little bit of that maybe into a fun little bonus episode that sort yeah. of like picks us up on where we've been. Anyway, John, yo, I, I, I want to read you some things that I've been writing because I also write a lot, a journal a lot. Um, Hit us. This is kind of dark, dude, but Not this cool. this was written on April 10th. This is two days ago, John. And I was not writing this as like some sort of, and I'm, A, I'm not asking for pity. Please do not like email me. And you, you can email me if you want, but I'm fine. I'm just Did we get emails? So uh, once in a while. You know, let's take a quick break. John, the, the, um, our numbers on downloads yeah. have quadrupled. <laughs> Since, since starting the production of the movie and have only continued to rise since our hiatus. Maybe that's the secret. Stop making episodes and we'll get more listeners. Yeah, they're trying to tell us to shut People up. People have spoken. Okay. John, I wrote this two days ago. Hit us. Um, not a, a, I, I said, gosh, this is, man, what a pity party. I feel repulsive, unlovable, and disgusting. My own mind feels like a foreign body. I don't find enjoyment in the things I used to. I don't recognize myself or the people that I thought I knew. The world spins around me, or do I spin around the world? Yeah, that's it. And then I wrote, I am nothing. I Whoa. am dust. Dang. And yet, and yet, this is what the when the dude, this moment, as I was writing, this is why writing is important, John. This was the turning point moment, okay? Not not like this wasn't already there, but like I needed to process, I needed to say that shit because anxiety is is often me feeling like I am a worthless piece of shit, but trying to convince myself that that's not true, trying to suppress it instead mm. of just saying it and dealing with it. And then Having these other little types of moment of cl moments of clarity, kind, the kinds that I haven't had as many of lately, because I wrote that. I said, I am dust. I am nothing. And then I sat there for a while, and then I said, and yet, I exist. And that was like this key that made so much sense because I said, despite the fact that I don't matter, I do matter. 
I don't understand how, but there is an I and I exist, you know? And anyway, so I've really been thinking about that. You know, I wrote a lot more, but okay. So I wrote a poem today. I, um, I've been, so this has been an up and down journey. You know, I recently longer ago than the eighth, I don't know, maybe a week and a half ago, I was feeling this way and I watched the dead poets society. Okay. Mm. Movie. I haven't seen in a long time. And I thought about it and I was like, I need a movie that's going to help me remember why I make movies because mm. right now I kind I literally don't know why I'm doing this. No, you know, like, no, I dude, I have felt like that for so much of the last two months. Ugh. Like, why am I doing this? Because I don't even care how good it is. You know, again, I've worked very hard to convince myself that I don't care. And mm. so I've gotten to the point where I actually didn't care <clears throat> anymore. And I was like, I don't even care if the movie's good because right. no one's good. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all going to fucking die. Like, Ooh. literally. That's I'm feels serious. like it might be That's time to I... read that quote you sent me. Oh, dude, that quote. Yes. Okay. That quote is really great. So I watched that Poet Society and it got me. It got me kind of like it reminded me about the romantics, you know, because mm. it's such a classic celebration of like that ideal. And dude, the truth is, I never read any romantic poetry or any of that stuff because I hated romantics. I despised people who I saw as like hopeless romantics because I was so anxious. Mm. that they put my own anxiety in relief and made me uncomfortable, you know? And Dude, so I watched I listened, this movie with fresh eyes. Go ahead. I listened to Kevin Hart, a Kevin Hart interview on uh, Rogan, I guess. And he was, he just said, I wasn't listening that carefully. I was doing something else, but he just started saying like, man, I'm an optimist. Uh, I'll find the light in any dark situation. It's like, it's just how I, I am. It's how I, it's how I've been since I was a kid. I'll, any terrible situation mm. I'm in, I'll be trying to find the like the silver lining. And I thought mm. of that and I was like, dude, I do the exact opposite <laughs> where I have like yeah. all these great situations and I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with them or like how they're fucked up or how, you know. It's... I think a lot of people feel that way, John. You know, like yeah. I think a lot of people feel like all they can do is find the problems and things. I even think, dude, I, 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 here's a thought. I even think that there's meaning to be found in talking about the fact that you don't find meaning in things. As long as you're not just preaching at people, if you're just expressing an honest feeling like yeah. this seems crazy, most people don't talk about that shit, which means someone is going to listen to that. Like you listen to Kevin Hart and be like, they're going to see something in themselves and I think that in and of itself has some value. That's you know? the point. I mean, that's kind of why you, you you did, you wanted to encourage yourself. So you went about the movie making process. So you went and watched a movie. Like it's almost, that's, yeah, that is the worked. reason. <laughs> well, that's it the worked. reason you do it in a way, right? Isn't that the point of making shit is to. Yeah. Except, except dude, I feel like, and this is, oh man, dude, I'm full. I'm fired up, John. I am Ooh. fired uh, puh. maybe this First will be part of all, two. Before you say this, I just want to say out there, dude, congratulations. You made a movie already. That's a huge success. You're editing your film. The thing we started this podcast to talk about. Yeah. I mean, that's not for nothing, dude. And we're in it's, season it's two weird. of our uh, of our little venture here. So it's insane. That's that's good. That's all good. Yeah. Thank you. 
No, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm fired up. Remind me to come back to why I'm fired up, John. Because I have some seriously f- f- hot takes. Some hot takes, baby. <laughs> Uh-oh. But let's, let's reframe the conversation first, John. Sure. Um, you said I should read that quote. So this guy, Jordan Peterson, um, wrote this book called 12 Rules for Living. And what I love about him is they're not actually advice. They're just him trying to bring together... It's less like Malcolm Gladwell, like, let me prove a thesis. And all he's trying to do is say, here's a whole bunch of crazy ideas that I think make sense together. What right. do you think of this? And I think, and then I'm bringing myself to it. You know, he's not trying to be like, this is why cities are broken. Like, anyway, mm. he says, and dude, I mean, I was listening to this chapter. You told me about this book. Mm. And honestly, dude, this book is a big part of what helped me finally turn the corner on some of these things. Because when you sent me this book, I was dragging and, you know, just like stuck. And I was in this, I was reading this book and he says, any idiot can choose a frame of time in which nothing matters. Talking yourself (laughs) into irrelevance is not a profound critique of being. It's a cheap trick of the rational mind. And I texted you and I said, damn, JP just reached into my soul and smacked me. <laughs> it's so true because we, we have been guilty of this. I mean, that's why I texted immediately yeah. back to you. We've said yep. this. We've said this so many times on this podcast where, you know, Possibly by 10,000 years, uh, there'll be a fucking glacier over Tennessee again. Sure. And I heard that. I, I got the, that book on tape uh, or on Audible. And Audible. Um, yeah. That stop that quote stopped me dead in my tracks, and I didn't say anything mm. to you about it, but you independently mm. sent that to me, and I was like, "Man, I know it's powerful. It's so true." Yeah. You know, well, we have what we have here now, and that is what matters. It doesn't matter that there's going to be a glacier here. That has almost nothing to do with me. I know totally. I know exactly, and and and, and also, I I think John, this is what I'm fired up about, and I and I again, I want to come back to this, but I also want to read you this poem real quick. Yeah, that I wrote. But I'm partly fired up about this because I don't think there are very many movies that I do need to watch right now. I don't think there's a whole lot of stuff being made. There, don't get me wrong. There are definitely exceptions to this. But I think the average piece of content that's being made is that. It's content. It's a product meant to be consumed it's not art with a voice with something to say. And I'm not saying that like there's some definitive difference that you can measure. But what I am saying is, I, dude, I saw, oh my gosh, John, I saw a podcast, for example, on Spotify. And it yeah. said like, oh shit, what was it? I texted it to you. Oh my gosh. It looked just absolutely horrible. It was the classic <laughs> like, oh, small town murder. That's the name of the podcast, Small Town Murder. It's like they took S-Town and mm. five other podcasts and were like, mm, what's the common thread? Small Town Murder. Great. Let's, like we've said, robot algorithm our way into a bunch of content. That's how most of the TV shows that are out right now, and even the mm. ones that are made by people, actual people, so yeah. many of them, I feel like, say the same shit because those right. people are only consuming that shit. And so they're just this in this horrible feedback loop that I've gotten caught in, hmm. you know, where all of a sudden I'm like, it's too risky to care about life. It's too risky to care about anything because 
the government is going to fuck it up and China's colonizing us and we're all going to, you know, and it's just like, okay, yeah. fine. Maybe those things are true, but make art. That's the whole fucking reason art exists because beauty and like finding truth with each other in community is worthwhile in and of itself. That's what gives life meaning. It's not fucking careers, you know? I'm mm. so fucking sick of that. Hmm. Because I feel like everybody I know, including myself, all we care about is how quickly we can get somewhere. And I know I sound like a total hippie, but it's just like, because I still care about making things. But I think right. we just, it, it's just so sad that, like, I don't, I don't know what happened to, to the idea that, like, making art has value even if you don't ever sell it, you know? Mm -hmm. we, yeah. be, because we've created this amazing technology that's allowed people to monetize just about anything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now, no one's just making anything just to make it. All they want to do is sell it, you this know? This podcast. Exactly. <laughs> this podcast see but even this podcast like it started as a marketing tool in a way it's become yep. much more than that but the reality is it's only a good marketing tool because it's it is more than that but i think mm. so much of what i'm looking at being made isn't like dead poet society it doesn't have anything to say all it has to say <clears throat> is an echo of the same old bullshit which is that life is stupid and pointless and you should just fuck your way through it. That's basically what I feel like most movies and TV are saying right now. You know? Oof. I never thought of it that way, but it definitely does. You know, I, I like hip hop in general and, um, yeah. Uh, rap, whatever you want to call it. You know, the urban music that the kids are listening to, but I <laughs> Ooh, find some, I find that a lot of this stuff, like if you listen to like Migos or something, it is so nihilistic. It's hard to listen yep. to, man. You contrast that with Tupac or somebody like that. And I know Tupac had like hit him up and all this stuff, but you know, changes that song changes where he's talking about help helping his community and how they can fix their problems. and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. You gotta make yeah. a change. It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat, let's change the way we live, and let's change the way we treat each other. You see, the old way wasn't working, so it's on us to do what we got to do to survive. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Atlanta, for example, the show. Yeah. It's an incredible work of art, but it's really dark. You know, it's mm -hmm. really, really, it, it, I do not see light at the end of that tunnel. And that's perfectly fine, because that's his perspective as an artist, I'm kind of finding that like, if I tried to make that kind of stuff, I would only get more depressed than I already have. You know what I mean? Because I, and I don't think I could actually keep it up because yeah. man, that's a dark place to spend a lot of your life, you know? And it, it, the funny thing is, is if nothing matters, then why worry about the fact that nothing matters? Right. You know? It almost seems yeah. like then you should be free to do whatever the fuck you want. And I don't want to sit around moping for the rest of my life. When we first started doing this podcast together, I was like, you know, I'm like editing a little bit and doing all this stuff. And I sent you a, this, what I thought at the time was sort of an ironic slash funny thing that I made. And it was that mm -hmm. it was a juxtaposition of the song September by Earth, Wind and Fire and clips from Barefoot General, which is an anime about the bombing of Hiroshima. And 
I I don't know why, but that thought, that image of that little stupid thing I made has come back mm-hmm. into my mind over and over again that it is, I mean, I made it not out of sadness or anything. I made it out of right. humor. I thought it was funny, um, even though it's kind of right. distasteful, but I, I've thought about doing another version of that, like an mm. uplifting one with like audio clips I have of my kids and stuff, like something positive, mm. you know, not that every art, all art has to be positive or whatever, but yeah, there's so much darkness and nihilism in this world. I, we, I certainly don't need to be adding to it. I, I, I love that perspective, I guess, because it, it is almost like if you want to make good, relevant art. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, what is everyone else ignoring? You know, you have to turn your attention to things that have been overlooked. Otherwise, you're just going to make the same shit. You know, like that has almost nothing to do with the. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, everyone's sculpting. Great. I guess I'm going to start painting on wet plaster. I don't know. Like, that's cool. Like, that's inventive. And it sounds more sustainable. I just see a lot of people getting really sick and tired of being really sick and tired. You know, Woo! they're just sounds like a show title. I know exactly. Um, I just love the quote. All right. I'm going to read you my poem. Hit me. So I just want to say, I've never really written poetry at all, let alone like this. So the meter is kind of effed up. Um, this is definitely a very first draft, but I'm going to read it anyway. If I am dust, a grain of sand lost in the cosmos, infinite grand, then my work, my life are both vain Toil and death are all that remain, not just of me, but of all the greats. All truth and beauty, love equates to nothing more than chasing wind, and all of life to death will bend. But this I know to be a lie, therefore better to live than die, to cause a ripple, however small, to climb the mountain, however tall, not to reach the soaring top or to jump and then to drop, but to show others the narrow way to savor the scent of every day. I like that, my dude. All right, John, I'm going to, I'm going to close us. Well, not close us, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back to, 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 to rollers even, you know, what's uh, rollers again. I'm going to (laughs) start. Okay. I'm going to start. This is uh this is the third third part of uh, a Walt Whitman poem called "I Sing the Body Electric," and I read this recently and I was like, you know, this is the guy I want to be. Um, and I don't hear. Again, I don't know that I was taught. Certainly not in school. Certainly not by like bosses. Whatever. Hmm. I was not taught that this is a value. I was taught that you make money. You know what I mean? Like, and I grew yeah. up with like really conscious liberal parents who are like not driven by money, but like the, the world that we live in educates you on these kinds of things. But this is what I think I want to do regardless of what my career ends up looking like. Uh, he writes, I knew a man, a common father, the father of five sons, and in them the fathers of sons, and in them the fathers of sons. This man was of wonderful vigor, calmness, beauty of person, the shape of his head, the pale yellow and white of his hair and beard, 
the immeasurable meaning of his black eyes, the richness and breadth of his manners. These I used to go and visit him to see. He was also wise. He was six feet tall. He was over 80 years old. His sons were massive, clean, bearded, tan-faced, handsome. They and his daughters loved him. All who saw him loved him. They did not love him by allowance. They loved him with personal love. He drank water only. The blood showed like scarlet through the clear brown skin of his face. He was a frequent gunner and fisher. He sailed his boat himself. He had a fine one presented to him by a ship joiner. He had fowling pieces presented to him by men that loved him. When he went with his five sons and many grandsons to hunt or fish, you would pick him out as the most beautiful and vigorous of the gang. You would wish long and long to be with him. You would wish to sit by him in the boat that you and he might touch each other. I want to make movies that remind me why I exist and are deeply profound. And my hope to actually do that on the largest scales. Right now, everything is so niche. No one's talking to anybody but their own base. And so no one's talking. Maybe there's an opportunity to find some sort of common ground. I really think Rollers is the kind of movie that not in some corny, fucking pandery, politically correct way, but in a genuine, thought-provoking way, could actually attempt to bring people into conversation with each other about real shit. Yeah.